0: Welcome to the Christian History Podcast, Chapter 8, Episode 61. Last week, I wrapped up the summary of the Book of Judges, but while the summation was in progress, I realized there were a few people, places, and things I had inadvertently skipped over in the deeper dive. In this episode, and the next, I'll cover what's known about those. And with that, let's get started. One of the people I need to circle back and cover are the Ishmaelites. They've been mentioned a few times in the text, most recently in Judges 8, but as far back as Genesis. In that book, the Ishmaelites were descended from Ishmael, Abraham's oldest son. His mother was Hagar, Sarah's maid. More on that connection in a minute. They're also found in Islamic tradition with the same named lineage. In that religion, Ishmael is viewed as a prophet. In the Old Testament text, specifically in Genesis, Ishmael was recorded as having had one daughter and twelve sons, with the sons named as princes. This led to the Islamic tradition that there were twelve tribes of Ishmael, and from these tribes would spring the early Muslims. Keep in mind that Abraham and his other son Isaac would be the forefathers to the twelve tribes of Israel also in Genesis, and found again in First Chronicles, the Kedarites are described as a tribe descended from Ishmael's second son, Kedar. Some Abrahamic scholars posit that the historic tribe of Nabateans were descended from Nabith. This belief is primarily based on the similar-sounding names. Various Islamic groups assign the ancestry of the Islamic prophet Muhammad to either Kedar or Nebiath the ishmaelites can be found in other sources assyrian and babylonian inscriptions refer to the ishmaelites as samulia this was likely a tribal confederation that controlled the incense trade route during the dominance of the assyrian empire found to the north more on this in a bit in genesis abraham's first wife sarah had an egyptian slave named hagar when sarah could not conceive She gave her slave to her husband as his second wife. From this union sprang Abraham's oldest son, Ishmael. Later, God told Abraham that Sarah would bear a son and that son, Isaac, would be blessed as a sign of the covenant. Abraham asked that God also bless his oldest son, Ishmael, and God agrees, telling Abraham, As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will bless him and make him fruitful and exceedingly numerous. He shall be the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. Genesis 25 listed out these sons. The same book records that Ishmael died at the age of 137. There is a theory that chapter 25 of Genesis was added during the Persian period, so between 539 and 332 B.C. Over a millennium after Abraham's death. According to the Quran, and in its spelling, Ibrahim and Hajar, aka Abraham and Hagar, bore a prophetic son, who was named Ishmael by Allah, communicated through one of his angels. God ordered Ibrahim to bring Ishmael and Hajar to present day Mecca. After they left his house, Ibrahim prayed for them, saying, O our Lord, I have made some of my offspring to dwell in an uncultivatable valley by your sacred house, which is commonly identified as the Kaaba, located in Mecca. In order, O our Lord, that they may perform the As-Salat. So, fill some hearts among men with love towards them. After this prayer, Allah provided them with the fruits so that they may give thanks. Ishmael and Hagar were very thirsty, and Hagar ran between the hills of Safa and Marwa in search of water for her son. After her seventh run between the hills, an angel appeared before her. He helped them, saying that God heard Ishmael's cry and would provide them with water. Hazar stopped the water with stones. A group of people passed by and saw the well and Hazar and Ishmael sitting there. They asked Hajar for some of the water from the well. She agreed. With that, an Arab tribe was founded at the site. Ishmael would grow up there and learn Arabic from the tribe while waiting for his father. When Ibrahim arrived at Marwah, he learned that his son was still alive. When young Ishmael saw his father, he ran to him, and they embraced. Allah decided to test Ibrahim again, and he dreamed two consecutive nights of sacrificing Ishmael. Ibrahim blindfolded himself because he could not bear to see his son suffer. When he was about to wield the knife, a voice ordered him to sacrifice a goat instead of his son, all reminiscent of the story in Genesis of Abraham almost sacrificing Isaac. God then ordered Ibrahim to rebuild the mosque for Ishmael's tribe, which had been constructed by Adam, considered the first Islamic prophet, and Ibrahim and Ishmael began building the Kaaba. Ibrahim built the mosque, and Ishmael provided the stones. When the walls were built, and the roof was almost complete, Ibrahim stood on the miraculous small stone to finish the roof. In Islamic tradition, This is the same building still standing in Mecca. The Ishmaelites are also found in Samaritan tradition, which recorded that after Abraham's death, Ishmael reigned 27 years. It was during this period, or potentially shortly afterwards, that Mecca was built. At least in that history. Josephus recorded that the Ishmaelites inhabited the land between the Euphrates and the Red Sea a place known as Nabatea. So, at least in his history, they were in the Nabateans. The 2nd century AD Aramaic translation of the Torah, known as the Targum Anculus, annotated Genesis 25 and claimed the Ishmaelites lived in an area from India to Egypt to Assyria. Essentially, all of the area we now label as the Middle East, and then some. A 14th century Ethiopian account claims they were the sons of Shem, one of Noah's sons, which isn't different from the Old Testament reading where Shem was the father of Arphaxid, from whom Abraham descended. The Ishmaelites can be found in Assyrian and Babylonian royal inscriptions, along with non-royal inscriptions from northern Arabia, all of these ranging between the 9th and 6th centuries B.C. Most of these mention the king of Kedar, who was sometimes referred to as Arab, and other times as an Ishmaelite, likely indicating these two terms may have been interchangeable. Many of these inscriptions listed the names of the same princes listed in Genesis 25. Another prince, in this case Gezer, can be found in Greek inscriptions dating to the 1st century B.C., There are other records that dive a wee bit deeper into the happenings between the various Ishmaelite tribes, with some highlighting their differences. The Kedar tribe's political center was Duma, which was also where the six deities of the king of the Arabs were worshipped. In fact, in this pre-Islamic context, the various tribes tended to have a somewhat different, somewhat overlapping pantheon of worshipped deities. There's also the likelihood that not all of the 12 tribes of Ishmael were in the Ishmaelite Confederacy simultaneously, and tribes that were part of the Union at one time may not have been in at another time, and would even fight each other. That sounds more than vaguely familiar. In some sources, the term Ishmaelites, or the interchangeable Shemula, disappears as the Assyrian Empire fell which was right around 605 BC. Keep in mind, though, that this doesn't mean the people or the tribes disappeared, and simply that they were no longer called by that name. This can be seen in references from the time of the Persian king Cyrus the Great, who came into power in 559 BC. At that time, the various leaders of the Ishmaelites were living in tents in the region around Canaan and Arabia, This tent living would indicate they tended to be nomadic. In the southern part of the region around Canaan, so a stone's throw south of where the Israelite tribes were, this area was largely inhabited by Nabataeans. The general thinking is that they settled in this region as early as the 6th century BC. This marked a rather large territorial expansion for the Israelites without a corresponding increase in population. Long story short, the same number of people over a larger area led to less contact between the tribes. And, when this is combined with what was already a loose confederation, the tribes lost general contact with another, and the associations were either stretched really thin, or were broken completely. All of this disassociation would continue until Muhammad arrived on the scene in the 7th century AD. About this, he wrote, The first whose tongue spoke in clear Arabic was Ishmael, when he was 14 years old. Essentially, that Abraham's son, Ishmael, was the origin of not only the Arabic language, but also its culture. There's an alternate explanation for this, and that's that Ishmael grew up, after he and his mother left Abraham, that they lived among the Jira, who were an Arabic-speaking tribe. From this tribe, Ishmael learned a more native Arabic language. As an adult, he would marry the daughter of the leader of the tribe. Fast forward to the 8th century AD, about a century after Muhammad, another writer, Hisham ibn al Qabi, recorded the genealogical link between Ishmael and Muhammad using writings along with an ancient Arabic oral tradition. Medieval Jewish sources also usually identified Keter with the Arabs and Muslims. Western scholars tended to view this genealogical Ishmaelism with a bit of doubt. These same scholars point out that even some of Muhammad's writings pointed out that some Arabs were Ishmaelites, while others were not. There's likely an alternate explanation for that, but I'll move on, as this podcast isn't centered around Islamic history and interpretation but instead what's in the Biblical source, and in this case, that means the Old Testament. Back in those books, and in the outside record, two of the twelve Ishmaelite princes tend to take a more prominent role, specifically Nebaioth and Keter. Both were more prominent in Genesis. It is probable that they, meaning these two specifically, and their associated tribes, lived in northwestern Arabia and were historically the most important of the 12 Ishmaelite tribes. I'll wrap up with another tie between the Old Testament and the Ishmaelites. Many Muslim scholars interpret Isaiah 21 as predicting the coming of a servant of God who is associated with Kedar, and this is then interpreted as a reference to Muhammad. That section reads, The Oracle Concerning the Desert Plain In the scrub of the desert plain you will lodge, O caravans of Dedanites. Bring water to the thirsty, O inhabitants of the land of Tima. Meet the fugitive with bread. For they have fled from the swords, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and from the stress of battle. For thus the Lord said to me, Within a year, according to the years of a hired worker, All the glory of Keter will come to an end and the remaining bows of Keter's warriors will be few, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. As always, I'll leave the interpretation of that passage up to you. And that's the Ishmaelites. The next topic I need to cover is, who wrote Judges? Given the lack of knowledge around the subject, this should be rather quick. The text of Judges gives no indication of authorship. Jewish tradition has the prophet Samuel as the author. In something we haven't gotten to yet, but in the books bearing his name, we find out that Samuel was the last of the judges. So, the theory that he wrote the book makes sense, at least from that perspective. There are parts of judges that seem to point to a later time, many of which would include the phrase, to this day but that simply could be a small passage of text that was added later, or a bit of lost context. As for Samuel, it's readily apparent that the author of Judges lived under a monarch in the early days of the monarchy. The most obvious sign that Judges was written during a monarchy is the continual recurrence of the phrase, In those days, there was no king in Israel, a phrase found at least four times in the book all in the later chapters. There are also clues that it was written before David was king. I've touched on these a bit in this chapter, but just for comparison, at the possible expense of redundancy. The differences can be seen when comparing parts of Judges to Second Samuel and First Kings. More specifically, Judges 1 reads, But the Benjaminites did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So, the Jebusites have lived in Jerusalem among the Benjaminites to this day. While 2 Samuel 5 records, the king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, even the blind and the lame will turn you back, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, which is now the city of David, since then known as Jerusalem. Zeroing in on these two passages, it's simple to conclude that Judges was written after there was a king in Israel, but before David captured Jerusalem. Similarly, Judges 1 reads, And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer, but the Canaanites lived among them in Gezer. And First King 9 holds that Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone up and captured Gezer, and burned it down, had killed the Canaanites who lived in that city, and had given it as dowry to his daughter, Solomon's wife. So, even David did not subdue that place. And that's pretty much all that's known about who wrote Judges, along with an approximation of when it was recorded. All of which provides me with a good stopping point for this week's episode. Join me next week, when I'll finally, after more than a year, Wrap up the book. You don't want to miss it. Comments and questions can be sent to comments at christianhistorypodcast.com. As always, you can find information about the podcasts on the internet at christianhistorypodcast.com. This week, help others to find the podcast by leaving a positive review on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast from. You can find the Facebook page by searching the phrase "Christian History Podcast. As three separate words. Once there, be sure to like the page so that it's easier to find later. Finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe so you get the episodes as soon as they are released and you don't miss out. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.